fresh. Is that velvet you have? <laughs> Biggie Velvet. Mo Dackel. This guy's amazing. Welcome to a new episode of Brody and the Beard on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mo DeKeel, and with me, as always, is Kelly Eco, Ecosystem. You might know him as Biggie Velvet. You might know him as a man that has more nicknames that is too too many to keep up with. Kelly, how you doing? Yo, what's up, Mo? How you doing? <laughs> what's up, Kelly? Hey, uh, just keep your hands away from everything. Don't touch your face. Don't don't you know? Do you know how don't. hard it is to not touch your face? I, <laughs> I mean, thought about that today. Like, <laughs> I had I just, to scratch my eye. I was like, uh, should I do this? Just just like you know, just to look at it in that sense. It's like think about it this way: when the lady was literally saying in the press conference, "Don't touch your face," the very next thing she did was lick her finger to turn the page. <laughs> like, come on. I, like it's just I, I, don't, I don't know what I they want it. us to do about that. It's 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 so scary to think about. Like if you just read it on on paper, like, don't touch your face. People do All that. I'm saying is everybody wash your hands. This is something you should have learned as yeah, a child. Wash, exactly. Just wash your hands. Keep yourself clean. Use common sense, and we can find a way to beat back the coronavirus. But since you brought it up, Kelly, we do have to talk about it a little bit because yeah. it is beginning to affect the NBA. Yeah. Uh, have you? Had a team practice since the coronavirus uh, newsletter has been running around in the NBA. No, um, tomorrow. Well, no, I don't think we'll have one until maybe before the Portland game. But there hasn't been any practice. But tonight is will be the first game, so I'm kind of interested to see how, you know, just how the setup is. You know, with the six to eight feet rule, how they're going to bring players out. Are they going to have tables? Is it going to be you know playoff style? There are a lot of different ways it can go. And I've seen a couple of pictures on social media of how like the Pacers are doing it, the Grizzlies are doing it, the Knicks. I want to see how the Rockets do it because, you know, it's it's weird because it's new. But I mean, if you think about it, it is kind of to to prevent, I guess, the spread of the the virus, but it's still early, so it's too early to say, you know, how effective it's gonna be because we're still pretty close to each other. So it's like I don't know. It's, it's I mean, it's it's so so for those that don't know, and we're just going to touch on this really quickly. Kelly and I are not experts, even though we both look like doctors. Thanks. Um, the uh, NBA released out a memo. Basically, they're cutting down media's access to uh, people in the locker room. They're cutting down locker room access to basically team essential people, like just somebody that has to absolutely be in the locker room to really cut down on that. It means we're going to get more distance. In terms of the when, when coaches are talking in the scrum, we're not all going to be huddled up like a bunch of sheep. We're going to have a, a little more space between us and the coaches to keep them safe and to keep us safe and so on. It's it's getting crazy there a little bit, but I think these are necessary precautions. I mean, there is talk potentially of playing games with no fans in attendance, and that's going to be a bit weird. I, I mean, it'll, it'll just be really weird to see how it plays out. But these are all precautions going in with coronavirus. So it's going to be a bit interesting to see how much media access kind of filters through in this situation. Just because, like, 
How many conversations have you had with a player off the side after practice? Like that's if anybody knows me and my coverage, that's my game. Like, and, and on one hand, I'll say this: like, there are some arenas where I don't even go near the scrum because the locker room is that tight. Like New York, um, L.A. I don't, I don't really like to be around that like 30, 40 people in one room. It's sweaty, it's hot, it's humid. And with the coronavirus that's airborne, you know, that's a pretty easy way to, to contract, the, you know, the virus. But, you know, in terms of coverage, the locker room for me, and it's probably the selfish journalist in me, but, you know, I live for the locker room stuff. Anybody that, that's ever read an article of mine knows that I like to bring the people into the locker room. I like to set the mood, set a scene, and it helps to, to guide a story because, you know, there are so many ways to, to recap a game um, with the way that a game goes over 48 minutes. But, you know, after or before a game is where you see some real gems, you can really tell some real good stories and, and you might even, even get some reporting done. So it, it's, a crit, it's a critical part of media. Some fans, obviously, they might not understand that because they see everything in black and white. But there's, there is a gray area to, to covering, you know, the NBA and, that is the locker room. So yep. I'm interested to see just how much this this rule is enforced. Um, if it's temporary, if it's if it's longer than that, because um, it's a big part of what we do. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We're just going to see after go how it goes. I mean, this is all precautionary stuff. And look, this isn't going to be the coronavirus Houston Rockets podcast. We're gonna we're gonna shift here right now, just because like we don't know what's going to happen. We're gonna go. We're gonna talk about it as things come up and. And get through it, but we're going to try to try to really enjoy the better parts of what we're seeing, which is the basketball, which hasn't been that great, Kelly. No Rockets after beating the Boston Celtics last week, and everybody was on an all-time high. The uh, the Rockets have uh, hit a bit of a skid, man. Lost four in a row, uh, three to teams that they should have beaten. Like, there's no excuse. I don't. There isn't an excuse for me. Even the one without Westbrook. Like, you know, that, that that's not much of an excuse for me for the, considering the teams you were playing against. And then they just got crushed by the Clippers. Like the Clippers walked in and just said, nah, dude, we're not having this today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to the Rockets, this is like the, the third or fourth time this season where they, they've had a bit of a, a funk. But it seems like right now is the kind of the worst possible time, just given, you know, the standings and everyone trying to establish themselves in the Western Conference, you know, hierarchy. But to me, it seems like the Rockets are doing a big job of shooting themselves in the foot. Now, offensively, you know, teams have, have seen small ball for a number of games now. So they, the more games you see, the more film you gather. And if you know that the Rockets are trying to, to get Russ and Harden to, you know, drive, create things for other people, they're packing the paint now. They're, they're saying we're fine with Tucker or House or Covington shooting a, a semi-contested look from three. As a result, the Rockets are, are kind of second thinking themselves. They've taken eight more less threes this week than you know previous of the season. They're shooting less, I think, below 30%. They're turning the ball over more. Dan Tony said they're not playing smart. And, and on the other side of the ball, I think it's a real issue defensively. You know, being a team that, that, that's playing that small, everyone has to be on the same page at all times. They switch everything, uh, but they're allowing a lot of cutting, a lot of second chance opportunities, a lot of rebounds, a lot of, you know, transition points. They're not helping each other. They're not talking and they're losing to teams that they should be. They have no business losing to Charlotte, New York, and Orlando in one week of basketball. I don't care um, what people want to say about effort or 
They have no business. A team with, with championship aspirations should not be losing that kind of game. But yeah, it's, it's, it's bad right now. But the, the, the good thing for them is that you still have 20 games before the playoffs to get things right. But right now, ugh. it's It's brutal. And one of the things I'm curious, to, I want to get your opinion on this, you know, is the amount of energy that it takes to play in small ball like are they are you beginning to see them kind of wear down a bit and get a little tired like is this a concern of theirs i mean this is such a taxing system in that sense of like look pj's got a lot of work uh robert covington has a ton of work like all of this stuff is a, a lot to put on these guys you know especially with like the fact they got to battle big dudes they got to get in there and rebound and all of those things do you think that you're beginning to see some of these guys sort of get a little bit tired and a little bit of fatigue playing into this? Shout out to Kenny Ellis, uh, Dale House's trainer. Uh, me and him speak often. And he was telling me, you know, look, when, when you work with an NBA player, um, you know, part of the, the things you work on is your legs. But now being a smaller team, you have to export, um, expand that much energy, you know, banging in the paint. Getting back on defense, you know, with guys that are four to six inches taller than you all the time, every possession, and that kind of wears you down. And you know, part of your jump shooting, as you know, Mo, is is your legs, because that's why I call it a jump shot. And if your legs are tired or hurting or fatigued, you know, it just makes things harder on yourself. So yes, the small ball has been good for them in in doing the things that that they want to do and exploiting teams' weaknesses, but it also has a counter effect on them. Because there's, there's no time for rest. There's no time for, you know, load management right now as the sixth seed. Uh, so as those games go on, you're seeing more and more the wear and tear on, on n- not just the older guys, but the younger guys on the roster too. So it's, a, it's something that affects everybody. Yeah, and I, I think that's something that's maybe an unintended consequence of, you know, or maybe something that they probably weren't aware of when they're shifting to this small ball line up all the way through just because it's i mean man it's got to be taxing and then we got to get into dude hard and struggling man you know past five games his shooting numbers he's in a slump right now and in a really bad time i mean just looking over his last five games still putting up 25 points but shooting 31 percent from the field 20 percent from three uh doing a good job still dishing out assists and things like that but you know eight assists to 5.2 turnovers it's pretty painful too. Like this is, this is getting kind of uh, ugly. And and you know we've seen him sort of been up and down this year with his shooting. What man? What's he saying? What's D'Antoni saying about this? Well, D'Antoni is obviously the last person that w- would worry about something like this. You know, and harden himself too, given their their extreme confidence levels. But to me, I just think it's become the Russ show. Like Russ has. I thought you said end. Russia. <laughs> No, not Russia. I thought we were about to get political too. All right. <laughs> but 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 Russ has been, you know, so good re- recently that, you know, it kind of almost forces James to pick his spots, you know, trying to incorporate Russ into the system like fully. Um, you know, beginning of the season he said it would take as long as the whole season and and even though it's still I would say it's like 65% all the way there. But James like I don't know. I think this is his fourth or fifth like sw- slump of the season, like shooting wise. And, you know, as he goes, the Rockets go. So 
I don't think that they can afford too many of, of those slumps if they really want to get to the third, fourth seed, you know, um, come, um, come playoff time. Yeah, and let's, you know, let's take a look real quick at the seeding situation. I mean, they're already, I mean, they're in the sixth seed right now, half game behind OKC for fifth, game and a half behind Utah for fourth, and just a game up on Dallas. And they got two games coming up against Dallas, which could be really interesting to see how that whole whole thing plays out there. I mean, God, like, just to think about it this way, we were worried. I mean, we weren't worried, but we, you know, we had conversations a week ago, two weeks ago about potentially them being the two seed. Now we're talking about yeah. them possibly be dropping to yeah. seven. Seven, yeah. And, and listen, man, that's the worst case scenario. You drop to seven and you got to play the Clippers in the first round. I'm, I am not very confident. Yeah, and, and I want to add uh, one more thing about Harden. Uh, well, there was a time, I think a week or two ago, he fell on his wrist. I, like, just looking back at the video, I saw him grimace a bit. Now, he's not the kind of guy that will sit out, you know, he's kind of been, he's he's like an Iron Man for Houston, which is kind of why he's so valuable to that team. But there has to also be, you know, the physical factor too and, and part of like the mental stuff. You know, there there has to be some kind of, angle to that but seating wise yeah i think if they finish seven uh i don't think they'll be in the playoffs for that long i i, I personally think that they should if they're not going to get the four or the, the, the three then either try and get utah or okc maybe i don't think they should try and get dallas because that's a bad matchup for them i don't think they should try and get the clippers or the lakers round one because that's a bad matchup for them Target those other three teams, Denver to an extent, Utah for sure, and Oklahoma City. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that. Those matchup situations really kind of scare me. Those would be the three I'd try to stay away from. But they got, I mean, they got a five-game road trip coming up that's going to be pretty oh, tough. Man. I mean, they got, they got some stuff, you know, looking ahead at the schedule. I mean, just this week, they got the Lakers coming up, and the Lakers are rolling right now. They're playing pretty well. Yeah, they're and playing the- the best, the best team in basketball right now. Yeah, and I know that the the Rockets beat them, you know, when they went small, but that was kind of immediately after the trade. And you said something at the beginning of this conversation, just talking about now teams have more film, they've seen it more. There, there's more comfort behind, you know, what they're seeing, and they're getting more more chances to see how they can attack it and how other teams are doing it. So, like, I'm beginning to get worried. I wonder if I'm like the worried guy in our in our podcast, you know, like if, if I'm like the, the worrier the good, and you're oh, the, 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 the good cop, bad cop. Well, we know I'm the bad cop, right? Because a lot of the, well, the pessimist, yeah, the optimist and pessimist. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's more, you know, <laughs> uh, as, as rocket Twitter has let me know time and time again, <laughs> I am not. Uh, Twitter. Yeah. Well, not so much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all come at me sometimes and I'm like, what? I just told you what I thought. Look, um, look, 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 look. The thing that I don't understand is, okay, you're in March. Yes, in October, November, December, there are games that you're going to drop to to bad teams. You're going to have those funks. But we've seen the Rock, this Rockets team over the past two years turn it up after the All-Star break. They play some of the best brand of basketball. They're in the top five teams after the All-Star break. I don't understand what is going on this season. I mean... You could point to injuries, but every team has injuries, so you can't really use that as a crutch anymore. You know, every team has to deal with stuff. You know, like the Bucks, I've lost Giannis for a couple of games. You know, things happen. But 
as a veteran team with the kind of stuff that they talk about, winning a championship, being great, having your legacy, you know, this is the time where you're supposed to, like, you know, fix up. And, and I, I don't understand why Coach D'Antoni is talking about effort and energy and, and smart in, in early March. Like, it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be that dire. It should be something where, you know, you have to just – and this goes to a quote from, from Tucker. He said, you have to look in the mirror and see, are, are you doing the best thing for yourself right now? And I think that's kind of what speaks to this this little week-long funk that they're in. So, I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's scary in the sense of, like, this is where I think those losses in early in the year really come back to bite you. You know, yeah. like, that's, that's why we, we talked about it early in the year. Like, those are wins you got to bank because you're going to need them later. And that yeah. right now is when you need them, right? Those, the, the Belitsa, Belitsa, uh three that beat them, God, what was it, like January or whatever, yeah. like, you know, those games, you know, the Bagdanovich one I can forgive because that's a team that's in the playoff race and all things like that. But like yeah. the, the win, the losses against bad teams in December and January, and I know it's a whole different Rockets team now, but those matter. And that's why it kind of hurts you in those situations. And those are why it's so important to stay on top of, you know, just the whole season, why the whole season really matters. Because coming down to now, it's like, man, we wish we had those wins in the bank at this point. What are you seeing? What are you seeing rotation wise that, that you think should be different or or anything like what's what, what's well, going on there? What's well, speaking of rotations, you know, Mike D'Antoni did allude to this after a couple of games ago that he he wasn't getting his rotations right. Uh, part of that is injuries. Eric Gordon has been out for a long time in, in and out of the lineup. Um, ben McLemore has been out. Um, but just he, I'm not sure that he's sure of how the best rotation is going forward. There are games where he'll bring Ben off the bench first. There are games where he'll bring he'll bring Eric off the bench first. There are games where he'll bring Jeff and and Eric or Jeff and Ben or Jeff and Austin. It's it's, it's inconsistent, and I think for those guys, they want to know their roles going forward. You know, the best teams understand their roles top to bottom, one to fifteen. I think staggering also plays a part into you know guys not being you know stable but i just think that for example like austin austin has been playing really well as of late but there was one game where coach he he was going to bring him in he changed his mind and brought him to mark carroll like it's just simple things like that that add up to something bigger you know and, and for a team like the rockets who are kind of fighting for their playoff standing hopes um you can't have that going forward yeah, I mean it's 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 hard right now. Like you know, he's still trying to figure out the lineup as he's going through and the rotation. Yeah, you know the the this is still relatively new for him with these guys. I mean, think about it this way: teams that have had more stability are able to kind of they know their lineups at this point, and even if they add a new piece, they can kind of figure out where they're they're going with it. But he's not only adding a new piece; he's he's adding a whole new style, right? A whole yeah. new game plan behind things. So he's still trying to figure that stuff out, and then it gets. The rotation gets kind of messed up because you have Russ sitting on back-to-backs. You still have that issue there. I think it's and, – and, and not an issue. It's smart, like, what they're doing with Russ. So, you know, I don't, I don't want it to come off as negative. But I think that's one of those things where, like, it's tough to figure out that adjustment. And I think for players, the most important thing is knowing their roles and knowing when they're going to get in games and having that consistency. So, 
I think all of this is kind of what's leading to this four game uh, problem here where I think we're having the the four game losing streak where I think we're we're seeing some of these issues come up. But but, um, apart from that, I have a question for you, given your, you know, your illustrious background on NBA teams. How Mm -hmm. how much attention do you guys pay it to? You know, if you go to NBA.com, you look at second spectrum, you look at advanced lineup data. How much do you guys pay attention to that stuff? I mean, we pay a lot of attention to it. I think, you know, a lot of it, it comes from our analytics groups, you know, and, and, and they usually come in. And, and I just want to be honest with you folks, what the NBA analytics team, what the access they have is way better than anything we've seen, right? Like, let's just be honest, you know, like they, they have much more uh, intel. Some of it's proprietary and within their own um, system and programs and stuff that they've developed. So they're always on top of it. I think, you know, good teams, good organizations that have good synergy across the board, you know, that the analytics team can send up like these are good lineup combinations that are working. These are some that aren't and whatnot. Ultimately, it's up to the coach to decide what lineups to go with and, and whatnot. And, and, and sometimes you don't you can't get to the best lineup because foul trouble for whatever reason or or, or just the ways the game's going. It just doesn't work out. So. I think these are the things that happen, but it's, I mean, to be honest, Kelly, like it's something that's everybody's aware of, you know, and, and at the very least coaches are getting, have access to that data. That's even better than the stuff we're seeing when we go to mbastats.com and, 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 and take a look at it. So I think, you know, they're aware, they know what the lineups are and, and, and what to do. But I also think right now they're still kind of in a small sample size, you know, it's been what, like 13? 14 games? How many games has it been, you think? 16. 16. So, I mean, we're getting close to a big enough sample size, I guess, but you also have to take out the ones where Russ doesn't play. You have to kind of be aware of those things. And and I think that's where we're – that's the stuff where you, the coaching staff has got to kind of figure out, well, how much of this is just like we this time ne- – this lineup needs more time together to gel and figure it out, or this is just a bad lineup. And that's where it gets kind of hard in terms of coaching and then trying to figure it out on the fly while you're going through it. And it doesn't get any easier, you know, going to the playoffs, knowing how Mike D'Antoni has coached playoffs in the past. He, he, he shortens his rotation even more. So if it's already confusing now, think of it, what it could be in April, you know, like for right. example, Jeff, Jeff Green off the bench, Jeff Green has, has shown some value as a cutter, as a spacer, as a rim runner, you know, as a physical presence. Um, so, the question is, where do you fit him in? You know, how many, how many, how many, how often can you get him on the floor? Austin Rivers, he's a guy who's a tenacious defender, who's who has seen his confidence increasing his jump shot, and who was capable of of attacking second units off the dribble. How often do you get him in a game? Ben McLemore, the same thing. Eric Gordon, the same thing. So it's stuff like that is what a coaching staff has to you know figure out and hammer out now before you get to the to the to the big dance. Yeah, and you know that's really something where it's going to be interesting is to see how he does coach in the playoffs and and you know if he does go to his shortened lineup because again this is where it gets kind of tough with you're playing all these small guys you're you're asking them to expend a ton of energy and they're all in all the guys are in you can see it you know they're they're busting their butts and everything like that but you know how does it come down to fatigue and and will it tire guys out and where where are the issues there and it's not just. Harden and Russ, who I'm talking about, you know, it's it's all of them. I mean, listen, if Tucker's tired 
and and uh, Covington's tired, you know, in the, in the playoffs, like it becomes an issue in that sense because you can't replace those guys. You know, there's there's nobody else on the bench that can come off and and replicate what Robert Covington's been doing defensively or what PJ Tucker is doing defensively. You know, so I think that's where the issues begin to kind of come in. So I would actually wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't shorten his lineup as much as we used to, at least early on in the playoffs. And speaking of Tucker and Covington, you know, I think that's a big reason why they've gone into these slumps, especially defensively. Whenever one of Tucker or Covington is not on the floor, I think they just lose that sense of urgency. They lose a leader. And they lose someone who's going to clean up your mess. So I think the less they can keep them guys off the floor, the better. Yeah, and it's, I mean, in the sense of like, you need to save them. You need to save their energy. You need to give them a chance to to kind of just let their bodies recover. But now you're in a tough spot too because now you're facing the – now you got to figure out your playoff race and and, and your seeding and you don't want to fall too far and all of that stuff. You know, one thing that's kind of interesting with this whole thing is, you know, Covington's still blocking at the same rate. He's still giving you everything he's got. So, you know, at some point, though, I wouldn't be surprised to see that fall a bit. What's your concern? We saw this in – most of those games that they play that they've lost, at least three of the four, they got out rebounded by 10 plus. And, you know, it, are you seeing a decline in their rebounding a little bit or do you think this is just a yeah, aberration? It, it, it's, it's for sure a decline. Um, teams are just now you saw in the Knicks game, Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, they're having no trouble putting back their misses, catching lobs. Part of it is their legs, of course, but. Another is just effort. Like, being a smaller team, you have to defend as a unit. You have to crash the boards as a unit. You have to, to do everything as a unit, and they're not. And you're seeing Charlotte out-rebound them. You're seeing Orlando kill them on the glass. You're seeing other – and it's really glaring when you look at teams that they're, they're bench units. Uh, I think the Magic scored almost over 50 points off their bench um, with between DJ Augustine, Terrence Ross, and, and – um, I'm blanking on the next one. But – but but just the fact that those guys are able to punish them time and time and time again on the glass is a big issue going forward. Another issue, I think, and this is something that I talk about all the time when Chris Paul was here, uh, the lineups with him and the second unit were as good, you know, as a lot of team starters. And that was a big reason why the Rockets in 2017-18 won 65 games. They were able to keep leads, you know, extend them when Harden was on the, off the floor. Or close gaps. Um, as a result of you know chemistry, you know injuries in and out the lineup, it hasn't. We haven't quite seen that with Russ in the second unit. Um, there have been flashes for sure, but there haven't been enough. Like for example, the Clippers game. That was a great time where the Rockets were down by eight, and the second unit came in. And by the time Harden came back in, they were down by sixteen. You know, so it's just little things like that. Apart from rebounding, that that's. Uh, a big factor in why they've lost four games in a row. Yeah, I think that's just kind of coming down to it, you know, and, and it's been their defense that's got to improve. I mean, overall, once they start, it's easier for them to attack offensively when they can get some stops, you know, and get going and get out in transition and get running. And I think that's something that they got to keep doing. It doesn't get easier. We've already talked about the their upcoming game against the Laker, but Lakers, but they have – you know, Dallas twice. Uh, they got um, Milwaukee coming up. I think there's going to be a lot of 
challenges coming up here that it's like, we're going to really start to figure out how this team feels. And gosh, Kelly, the more we talk about it and the more I think about their schedule, like I actually wouldn't be shocked if they dropped to seven. You really think so? I, I, I think seven is a bit much. But I mean, it's not, it's certainly I mean, not impossible. I mean, they're, they're not just, playing they're well. Just at all. A game up. They're not playing well. Yeah. You know, they're, not and, well and they're a game up and they have two against Dallas. Like those two games are going to be massively huge. And right? they have not been able to figure Dallas out for like two years now. It's, it's, and I think they're, if, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they're both at Dallas. I'm not 100% sure, just going off the top of my head when I looked at the schedule this morning. But I think that's something that's an issue there. And, and, you know, that's, I mean, at that point, then, you know, what happens, man? You fall to seven and the, and, and the, the Clippers who, who are fully capable of being able to go small and have a lot of wing depth, have a lot of defensive versatility. I mean, I'm sure we'll, hopefully we won't talk about a first round Clippers Rockets matchup, but that's a, that's a, that's a very scary proposition. I mean, if that doesn't motivate you, if you're those guys, you know, like I would be drooling at the fact that like, I'm okay at six if I'm going to play Denver. You know, preferably I'd probably prefer Utah, but I'm okay if I'm at six and I got to play Denver in the first round. Like that's that's not a problem. That's a team I think we could take. So, um, but I I think they're almost better off in a four or five area because the second round opens up an opportunity against the Lakers, who I guess we'll get a better sense after this week if we feel like that's a matchup they could take advantage of, or if it's something where like, oh man, they're really screwed. Well, speaking of the Lakers game, um, do you think it's going to be more of what we saw last time where, you know, obviously emotions are running high. The Rockets has just gotten Robert Covington. Uh, it was the first time, you know, fully committed to the small ball. Line. Yes, there was no Clint Capella anymore. But do you think now the Lakers are playing at, you know, another level? How do you think that, how do you think that's going to, you know, shake out? Yeah, I think that's the, uh, um, Interesting thing there. I think the Lakers are also playing really well. Uh, it's obviously, unless you live under a rock, you've heard they've beaten the Milwaukee Bucks and the Los Angeles Clippers this past weekend. And while we say that, I'm sure our producer Sasha Shaw is just throwing fist pump after fist pump fired up. But I think it comes down to getting, they have a better look now. They've seen what the Rockets do. I think there was a lot that went into that one game. And you know, the Rockets were playing with a ton of emotion and they've been playing well going into that game. I think now coming into this game with, you know, they, they'll have a four, they've had a four game losing streak. Hopefully they'll snap it. They have a game before, I believe, against Minnesota. Tonight. And I think tonight and, and I and, and we're recording on a Tuesday, folks. So uh, if you're hearing afterwards, uh, hopefully this, the losing streak has been snapped. So maybe they'll begin to feel like they're on an upward swing, but still coming in, having lost you know, four out of your last five is, is worrisome. And I think that's, that's the thing where I think the Lakers are, are, are ready to pounce and they're, and they're rolling in a good place. So it's going to be an interesting game because I think the Lakers are coming from a good place and the Rockets are coming from a not so good place. But I, I, I the way I look at it, Kelly, like I think the, the Lakers are going to find a way to really use their size. I mean, they, they did it against the Clippers. They did it against Milwaukee who, who both, you know, Milwaukee's a pretty big team, but they're able to attack the paint relentlessly. And, you know, as you wrote last week, paint defense has been a struggle for the Rockets since they've gone small. Yeah, paint defense and, and more importantly, second chance opportunities. You know, Mike D'Antoni is the kind of coach where he wasn't necessarily worried about giving up offensive rebounds as long as the team wasn't giving up, you know, too many second chance looks. But 
in the last four or five games, they've given up over 18, 20 a game. And against a team, and that, that's against bad teams. Put that against the Lakers and see what happens. Like you, they'll run you off the floor. So I think the onus is on the Rockets to 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 wake up. You know, we've seen a lot of hanging heads, a lot of you know silence in the locker rooms. It's not it's not a, it's not a fun time to be a Rocket right now. But you know there is time. Those are the games that that they do get up for. I mean, we also kind of said that about the Clippers game and we saw what happened there. But you know the Lakers for some reason I think it's the LeBron factor but they kind of bring something out of Russ and James to an extent where maybe 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 that is exactly what they needed. But honestly, the way they're playing right now, I don't think it's going to be too much of a happy time for Rockets. All right, let's go to the most important question before we leave. How am I doing on my technical bet here? Oh, what was the bet? I forgot. That, that Russ oh, was going to oh, oh, avoid, avoid tech. You're, you're so lucky. He was supposed to get a tech. He was supposed to get a tech in the in the Orlando game. He was supposed to get tech in the Boston game. Why is he supposed, supposed to get, to get these the techs? He didn't. It, why do you say he's supposed to, Kelly? Because that's, that's not how this works. He, no, he either got the text look, or he did it. No, 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 no. If you go back and look at those reactions and the Boston game for that matter, it, there. If you go back and look at all his fourteen texts, right, and what he's done to get those texts, he's done the same thing, if not more, in the past week and a half, and he hasn't gotten one text. So you're lucky. <laughs> nah, I'm not lucky. I'm good, Kelly. That's how nah, this nah, works, nah. man. I, I, I'm not I, lucky. I I'm good. You, I promise you before this season is done, he's getting it. He's going to get suspended. Nope, nope, nope. Especially if they keep playing like this, he's going to get... I'm t- bro, it's Russ. He might not have to play much if they're playing like this. There might not be much reason to play him. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear, but I mean, he has two more. Uh, he, he has to be on his best behavior from here on out because... Oh, I got to – does that carry into the playoffs, though? Like, could that carry no, into the playoffs? No, it resets. It resets. It oh, resets. Okay. It, 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 it resets. So, if, yeah. it, if it had carried into the playoffs, then I probably wouldn't have made my bet. But I think so, he could, so, so think he could might, be good for the, the next you might, few weeks. You might win that bet. You might. No, no, I'm, I'm winning the bet. I'm not I'm worried about that, man. I've already made a few phone calls. I've spoken to Russ. I've spoken to the league <laughs> officials. Like, we're on top of this. We're good. I've definitely, you know, I don't make bets. I'm going to lose, Kelly. Just understand that next time you try to bet me. Right, but, <laughs> but for no Kelly Eco, oh, jeez. See, I try to do the outro, folks, and he's killing me here. Uh, but for Kelly Eco, for Mo DeKeel, for Sasha Shaw, we out.